Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's play cheating. It's playing to the gallery. Yeah. Um, which is what they would accuse the Labour left of having done for six years, even though they uh, got pretty fucking close in 2017 when you now find out what the leadership were doing. Doing. Uh, doing. Anyway, should we start this podcast? Um, yeah. yeah should I, I start it? I don't know how. Mystery on the rocks. Oh, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Hey, what the fuck? It's Mystery on the Rocks time. <laughs> I, I like that host. more. I'm sorry, Masood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, Masood, but I like... Hey! What the? You like podcasts and people just... Um, messing around talking about stuff that's serious but in a fun way while drinking a drink I'm looking for my drink Uh, did you know listeners that um, when you see Masood in real life uh, he greets you the same way as he introduces this podcast he does (laughs) and welcome yeah I'm sad that I haven't seen Masood for ages. Yeah, he's not going to be on this episode, listeners. You've probably gathered. No. Which, uh, for which we apologise, especially as we took Busy a really... Busy doing stuff with his wiener family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we took a prolonged break that it was like, oh, maybe people will now think that there was a drama. Masood's still in there the was. band, basically. Don't worry. He just has to do family shit. Um, uh, and because... He will be on subsequent episodes. I do hope so. Unless he's quiet okay. quitting. Imagine. Yeah. Oh, I can't make it to that one. He's like ghosting us like a partner. Yeah. Have you ever been really ghosted by someone you were dating and you'd only realised it? You didn't like immediately get alarm bells. You're just like, they're busy. Uh. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, but I don't know. Like It's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, it is happening now, actually. Uh, 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 Yeah, uh, when did the word ghosting, like, enter the... I don't know, really, seven, eight years ago, something? Yeah, so it was before that. So, like, before there was the concept of ghosting. So it's not like like there was a a name for it. There was a word for it. Yeah, so when I realised... When I was ghosted, I knew the word ghosting, Uh, and that was seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, When it... Yeah, so when it happened, it's, I was like, oh, oh, that's what's happened. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it was, I, I, I yeah, I couldn't um, put it in a little box. I just went, oh, oh, that's a bit shit. All right. Hmm. Can't believe it. Yeah, it wasn't like it was one that I uh, was devastated about. 
Okay, good. Well, I think... Does to... ghosting have to be... It doesn't have to be that it's, like, broken your heart, does it? Ghosting just has to be... No, no, they just do it. I think, like... No, because I wasn't. When when you get... when Right. So getting ghosted gets a lot of flack as, like, oh, it's so awful to do that to someone. And yeah, it's a shit thing to do, and it... Like, it's cowardly. However, I don't think it makes you feel better or worse than if someone just goes, hey, not interested in ever speaking to you anymore. Yeah. I don't think it makes it, it makes you feel worse or better than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. This is a comedy podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't got a cocktail for this one. No, I haven't either. But next to me, I've got... Because it's 11-11, uh, make a wish. Uh, it's eleven. It's eleven eleven as we're recording. Remember the fallen. <laughs> My clunky chair, right? I had to film a thing yesterday, and they sat me on a stool, and it was creaky. So they changed the stool, and they were like, "Oh, we must get rid of this stool. It's so creaky." And I was like, thinking. My brain initially went, "Yeah." Don't use a creaky stool. This is a, you know, it just held things up. But equally, I've got this fucking chair, which all it needs is like a, a nut. Oh, I can, I can hear it, yeah. Yeah, it clonks around. Um, and when I film videos, it holds me up because I'll like say something and move and it'll go uh, clunk, clunk. And I'll go, oh, I have to do that lying again. Um, and all I have to do is tighten it. And I've been saying that for over a year. Oh. No, I've done it. I'm probably never going to do it. Right. So next to me, I've got. I saw a big uh, bottle Fra- of that. The Glaswegian. Did you? Yeah. Ah. yeah. In Oban, there's a whiskey shop in Oban, and they had huge, like full size bottles of that. Yeah. Is it very expensive? Uh, didn't see the price. Uh, didn't ask. Right. Should have. I don't know why I didn't. Should have fucking um, asked. Well, <laughs> I, I was in there and I was like, oh my god, they've got this whiskey. Oh my god, they've got that whiskey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and that oh. bottle that Sue's had of the gin. But, My little pink gin. Mm. Well, yeah, I I was gonna make a cocktail with it and didn't because it's eleven eleven. Remember the fallen. Uh, <coughs> the glass wee gin is a Scottish raspberry and rhubarb gin. This was a little bottle of it gifted to me by Natalie O'Donoghue. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, I'll read out the botanicals that are in it because I don't think I did before. Oh yeah, no, um, do that. Milk thistle, Italian juniper, Russian coriander boycott, Angelica. <laughs> Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. Orange flower, chamomile flower, pink peppercorns, bay leaf. Oh, sounds very very nice. I can smell all of them. Did you say it's, it's delicious? Is, is it the plain one rather? Because you said you're it's rhubarb and raspberry, right? Rhubarb and raspberry, yeah. Yeah, blimey. Thirty-seven and a half percent. Do you think our podcast suffers without masseuse? Just me reading out the botanicals <laughs> on the gym. Read out this bottle. Um, it's hard if I drink to know. it all now, I'll be sober again by the time I have to do therapy in three hours. No mystery this week. Kind of like it feels a little bit... I don't want Masood to miss out on one. I know we did one without you, Suze, mm. which I felt guilty about. That's okay. So I, I don't want to it was a mysterious it thing to do. Yeah, it was. Um, so actually, yeah, if we haven't referred back to it yet, but if throughout the rest of the season, which by the way, the Cold War is over now, guys. So I guess yeah, we're kind of going to be wrapping up. So there'll be the nineties, and then the two thousands, and then the twenty tens. Not very many things happened, I don't think, that are mm-hmm. mysterious. Um, so let's just do the end of the Cold War. 
But if in the in the in the coming episodes we do refer back to Zoya Fyodorova, and Susie's like, "What? Who's that? It's the one you missed." Mm, I'm angry. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> uh, as as we were doing it, I was like, "Ah, oh, we wished I didn't you were, like that. We wished you were there anyway." But also, it was like I don't know. It was it was. It's it was, all right. I listened and. It was, my arms folded. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was right for right for Sue's riffs, I think. She was a film star who was sentenced to a, a Siberian gulag. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I I was, yeah. I, you know, just furious to miss out. Yeah, I, 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 yeah that's cool why I don't... thing to do. Yeah, that's why I... I and also, as you know, Masood is a man on the edge, you know. He's not very laid back or chilled, so I don't want... To, <laughs> I don't want to get his rage by doing a mystery without him uh good good yeah Suze, do you remember the end of the cold war well would we call the end of the cold war like sort of the early 90s clinton coming in the cold war's definitely over then all right so i've been over for two years by then um, okay, okay i think i think the, ofi- the berlin wall came down obviously yeah. i think the official end of the Cold War, they've got it as Boxing Day, nineteen ninety one. Okay, so right. I so like that was a silly question because I know that you remember nineteen ninety one, right? Yeah, but I don't remember like the end of the Cold War being like momentous. Yeah. It's so momentous, whereas yeah. I do remember the Berlin Wall coming down, even though I was four, maybe. Yeah, but I guess like as a six year old, you're not going to be like that interested in world events. No, but this was around my era of being really into Gorbachev. Well, uh, uh, obviously, uh, so obviously, obviously, Gor- Gorby is Gorbo. instrumental in the end of the Cold War. Yes, but I don't remember that, so no. Right, so talk me through it, Chris. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, the end of the Cold War, which I kind of, I think, from like 1985 to 1991, is like mm. the last significant chunk of it. Um, yeah. So Gorby was general secretary of the Communist Party, um, and revolutionary leader uh, why did you like him so much as a child Suze? did you have a picture I... of him on your wall or... <laughs> not as much as that but when he came on the news i'd be like mikhail gorbachev uh, <laughs> i think like it just bled into like my mum was super into him <laughs> she fucking loved him uh, my mum was like oh this guy's good in the same way as um when nelson mandela was uh, became you know the leader she she showed me that on the news and was like, look at this man. We're lucky to live in this man's lifetime. I remember my mum doing that when I was a really little kid. Um, yeah. Um, so I, because I, yeah, I remember Mandela being, coming out of prison because yeah. everybody wanted to see what he looked like. So they were like, uh, ah, yeah. Uh, and I, I was only, when did he release? 1990? Yeah, 1990. I remember my mum so I, I would have like been telling me about that. So I would have been five or six, and I remember mm. sort of like the footage on the news, and like my parents kind of being like, "Oh, there he is," because yeah. he'd been locked up for so long. Um, yeah, it's incredible what. But happened, I don't. Really, uh, uh, yeah. So the, the Cold War. I'm gonna lay my cards out on the table. I don't. I still can't really get my head around it because they because it was so secretive because the Cold War was happening. Yeah. Like I still find it. So, like, the list of events that sort of contributed to it, yeah, mm. fine. But I don't I, I don't get much of it. And as a kid, right. why would I? No, exactly, um, yeah. You've probably heard a lot of people talk about Glasnost and Pirastroika. And for a really yeah. long time, as a child, hearing them on the news, I thought they were places. 
Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I thought Glasnost was a place. I thought Perestroika was a place. You're right. What do they translate to, please, Chris? So Glasnost is generally a policy of maximum openness in the activities of state institutions and freedom of information. Uh, So the idea of hushing up problems is inadmissible under the... (laughs) Oh, bless you. Under the idea of Glasnost. So... um, I think the literal translation is openness or transparency. Um, so right. Gorby was one of the first to promote that, i.e. the right. lib- liberalisation of the political landscape, which was a big factor in why the Cold War was happening anyway, because the Soviets would behave, uh, well, yeah, I, at best clandestinely and at worst villainously. So... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Glasnost was a huge turning point, thanks to Gorby. And then Perestroika is more financial, I want to say. Okay. uh, Perestroika was a political movement for reform within the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, widely associated with Gorby. And Mm -hmm. it's linked to Glasnost, because if Glasnost is going to be sort of like more open and transparent, uh, Perestroika uh, literally translates as reconstruction. Okay, uh, uh, so the, the idea of rebuilding. Yeah, so referring specifically, I think, to the political and economic system. Uh, okay. Uh, in an attempt to end the era of stagnation. Right. The era of stagnation is not really an official th- time. It's basically, it was a term coined by Gorby. It's it's catchy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, Gorbachev is obviously probably... I might be wrong and I might be proven wrong as we go through this, but the I'd say the architect of the end of the Cold War. Right. That's Is that your understanding of Gorbachev now? Well, yeah, but I don't think... I feel like now he's known as, oh, he's the guy that came between bad bit of Russia and then Yeltsin. Oh. <laughs> it's really strange. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I wouldn't. I don't know if he'd be described as that, but obviously he's that. It was his major project. Um, so, yeah, and also to go back to being like when we were kids, and the end of the, the end of the Cold War, is closely tied to obviously the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So, um, ideas of countries no longer existing or changing their name and stuff that happens a lot when I was a kid, and it was like that country doesn't right. exist anymore. Or yeah, that was weird. That was strange to get my head around. Because mm-hmm. I remember my dad going on business to Yugoslavia. Ah, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, As part of what? Uh, so my dad worked in the steel industry. Right. He's like, I've uh, got to get some of that Yugoslavian steel, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously Yugoslavia stopped being a country in 1992. Yeah. Which is why Yugo cars are such a rarity now. <laughs> Uh, so that 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 sort of thing was happening a lot. So my memories of the dissolution of the Soviet Union are through a child's eyes, which right. means that um, in the same way that you watch a, a shit film that you loved as a kid, you can't remove yourself from enjoying it. The same way yeah. now, the same way now is that I can't really. I still sometimes feel like a a a, a seven year old <laughs> when I'm thinking about watching like some bad. Like I had a. A VHS when I was probably seven, um, before I'd seen Disney's Jungle Book and before I'd seen very much Disney at all, uh, we had a VHS of the Jungle Book, which was um, actually three episodes crammed together of a Japanese anime. Um, 
and of the Jungle Book story. Yeah, it's the Jungle Book, but it's part of the TV series. Yeah. And they basically put the first three episodes together. And I used to go, it's a film. It was 80 minutes. Uh, I remember that because I used to read the back of the box so often. So I knew that it was 80 minutes. And I thought it was amazing. A prox. That's what they they used to say on the back of video. 80 minutes, a prox. (laughs) Runtime. However many minutes, a prox. 80 minutes, a prox. And I like I had and then my friends would go, Well, I've got Disney I've got the Jungle Book. I was like, You haven't got this Jungle Book. And I really thought it was brilliant. And then they brought the Jungle Book out when I was I think eight at the cinema. Disney's Jungle Book, they did a re release at the cinema yeah. in ninety three. And I went to see it and I sat there the whole thing going like it's not as good as my video of the Jungle Book. <laughs> and I did re watch that Japanese anime of the Jungle Book. It's like it's abysmal. The acting is the voice acting is the Mowgli sounds like you know that really bad high pitched child acting. Everyone's really wooden. The animation's crap. I was like, what? There aren't any songs. I went, what? What was I possibly enjoying as a seven year old? I used to watch it over and over again. Um, starved of content. I guess, but then when I saw. Disney's Jungle Book in the cinema and it was my first ever trip to a cinema I should have like it's not like That's I fell late. in love with cinema yeah yeah my parents weren't going to take me to the cinema pain in the arse having kids in a cinema yeah I remember um, I must have been to the cinema before that but I, the, the, the the cinema trip I remember earliest is uh, to go and see Hook ah 1990 uh, yeah or 91 was it maybe 91 yeah. Depends where it came out here. I remember going to see Jurassic Park when that came out. Uh, all oh, four right. Of, all, all I wasn't four, allowed. All four of us, me, my mum, dad, my sister. Oh, and I, think, I bet that was a dream. Oh, absolutely incredible. But I think mm. it was also quite a unifying thing as well because um, great for kids, but also mm. for grown-ups kind of like, they, like my mum and dad, would their jaws were on the floor because that shot when you first see all the brachiosaurs. Oh, um, I can't imagine what that must have been like in the cinema. It must have been like when the train came towards the camera in 1905 <laughs> or whatever yeah, yeah. it was. So I, um, but I think my sister was probably slightly too young to have seen Jurassic Park at the yeah, cinema. Yeah, she's I, younger, isn't like, she? I yeah. actually remember, I, I remember getting uncomfortable in the seat because mm. it was a long time to sit down. But I seem to remember right. my sister actually being scared. And my, oh, my, yeah, my dad I, having to... I reckon I'd have been really scared. Because it's quite a sensory overload anyway, that film. I, I can't imagine what it's like in cinema. I mean, it's the 30-year anniversary next year. If it yeah. comes out in the cinema, should we all go watch it? Yeah, I have vivid memories of seeing Jurassic Park at the cinema as a kid. Because oh, like, I was like, so oh, this, this is incredible. But obviously, my parents were the same because no one had seen dinosaurs done like that before. Yeah. And the effects hold up. Yeah. I think the effects look so good, they look better than the new Jurassic Park films. It's, uh, uh, yeah. So, like, such a game changer of blockbuster cinema. They're so well integrated. Like, the fact that they went, well, the T-Rex will look more realistic if we just add a bunch of rain. Yeah. So they, so you see the T-Rex in the pouring rain. Which you think would be harder, but it just makes like 1920s expressionist cinema yeah. they were using techniques like that 
and Spielberg was like, I'm a nerd. So he picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Gore being the end well, of the Cold yeah, War. Well, yeah, it's meant like, to be the end of the Cold War, isn't it? But, uh, like, no... No, I'll, I'll, I'll maintain... This is a loose episode. I'll maintain that that is... We're obviously going to get onto that because we're alive for this happening. So we're going to start talking about our memories of the time. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. know that Jurassic Park was a little bit later than that because... Uh, but that also, as as elder millennials, I think a lot of our stuff is going to be related to pop culture when we were kids. It's how you sort of like mm. plot your life, isn't it? So Absolutely. Hello. It's how I do my Edinburgh shows. Chris started talking about the early 90s. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like Adam Curtis, when there's a political conspiracy, a little red light starts buzzing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, in January 1985, Reagan is sworn in for a second term. So th- this is like a, a a basic timeline of effects that lead to the end of the Cold War. Uh, in March that year, the uh, uh, Konstantin uh, Chernikov dies, who was mm. the general secretary of the Communist Party. Uh, and then Gorbachev succeeds uh, succeeds him. Uh, right. Uh, what a strange time in politics because Reagan is sort of, him and Thatcher are the birth of neoliberalism, which is still kicking our fucking asses now. I don't know if anyone's noticed and will continue to under the new Labour government when that comes in, which it definitely will. Ugh! Anyway, um, but the 84 election is insane. Uh, Walter Mondale was the opponent who had been Jimmy Carter's um, VP and he ran against Reagan in 84 and only won his own state. So Reagan won every single state except for, uh, I want to say Minnesota was Walter Mondale's. I hope I've got his name right because otherwise I'd be sounding like a fucking idiot. Let me look it up. So that... um... Yes, that was correct. So did he win then because of the Electoral College? Because you can guarantee the popular vote probably wasn't that. Uh, yeah, so um, the Electoral it, College, yeah. Because uh, when you said so, he won every state except for, that doesn't except mean... For, it was Minnesota, yeah. yeah. So that doesn't mean that uh, uh, all of the people that voted against Reagan were in Minnesota. It means that... No. Yeah. It, so the, pop, yeah, the popular so the, vote was The Electoral probably, College is such a mess. Like, when you think... Um, n- the winner of a US election is usually the winner of the popular vote, uh, but in many cases in the last 25 years, it hasn't been. Um, it's, but it's always the Republican who wins despite not winning the, pub, the popular vote. So Walter Mondale probably won only 40% of the vote, whereas normally it's closer. It'd normally be like 43. I could actually look up what it was. I think we should probably do an episode on the Electoral College at some point because it is fucking fascinating. Yeah. It's such a flawed system. Um, let me look up the 1984 election. 1984 presidential election. So Walter, Walter Mondale won 40.6% of the popular vote. He actually won um, DC as well. Oh, but they often don't count that because it is just such a it's a small such a small percentage voting there and it's uh, always democratic state uh, so he won minnesota and dc and then ronald reagan won 49 uh, other states <laughs> um and got 58% so it was 58% versus 40.6% yeah which is yeah. which is which is still a clear win but huge win it's yeah. it's, not, it's not a it's like 58 to 42 is not 
the same as 49 states to one. Do you know what no, I mean? Exactly, so. exactly. Reagan was like, he was so popular. It's such a shame for Mondale that he mm. ran at all because he now is seen as a giant failure, but actually there wasn't yeah. a scenario where Reagan didn't win. It's a little bit like in 2019, I fully don't believe there is a Labour government that could have won that election in the political scenario we were in. No. It was a Brexit election and the Brexit supporting party won. And not just that. Um, they had uh, they had the, 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 the funny TV guy leading them. Uh, yeah. And which, the press were loving yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the people running the Labour Party loved him too. Yeah, and in the uh, kind of related, you had former charismatic actor who survived an assassination attempt. It's yeah, yes, it, his popularity must have gone through the roof. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, him winning his second term kind of happened at roughly the same time as Gorbachev. Yeah. Uh, uh, succeeding um chenenko i said it wrong um i thought as i said it earlier i was like that's not right why isn't it (laughs) (laughs) you powered Uh, through yeah but then barely two weeks after uh that arthur nicholson who's a u.s army military intelligence uh officer he's uh shot by a soviet sentry in east germany Mm. so at this point even though it's kind of like a regime change in uh um in the Soviet Union. This is during the period of detente, isn't it? Okay. Detente is meant to be a kind of civilised cooling of the Cold War. The Cold War isn't officially over, but... Yeah, I like, I was going to say this. Like, I think the reason we don't remember the moment is not like seen as yeah. v- V-Day, V-E-Day, um, is because it had basically been winding down for yeah, a while. Exactly. It's like it when El Dorado got cancelled. Yeah, it's like it it, it 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 slows down and then stops. It's yeah. uh, the generation just before us. We don't have those that anxiety of living under the threat Mm-mm. of nuclear war. No, Do you know what I mean. Until now. Until yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this again. Which is why we're perfectly placed to uh, sympathise with the people that did panic about mm-hmm. the idea of nuclear war coming coming where we do between the boomers, Gen X, and then. Gen Z, where a lot of those mm. were like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Putin's invaded Ukraine, we could be set for nuclear war. And those ones going, don't be so stupid, we actually live in It's like, mm. no, 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 it'll be okay, but you should know better. Yeah, my mum was like, we all fucking shit ourselves when that was all going on anyway, yeah. so I don't know why people are, she didn't use those words, but similar actually, she's, I don't know why I'm like, Anna Kemper wouldn't be so unsanitary. Yes, she would. Um, she wouldn't go we all fucking shit ourselves because she speaks a little bit better than me uh, so if you've got uh, if you've got a US military officer being shot by a Soviet century in East Germany there is a potential that that could escalate the war again but he's he's actually listed as the last US casualty in the Cold War Mm, 1985 March 1985 and then the following year um, People Power Revolution successfully overthrows Marcos in the Philippines. And then, as with our episode a few weeks ago, Chernobyl happened. Right. Yes. Oh, what a wacky time. And then in 1987, uh, Gorby introduces a policy called, it's a Russian word, I say, democratiz- right. 
at Sia. Democratits. Tits and That's ass. There's tits and ass in there. <laughs> Democratits and ass here, uh, which was a policy. Uh, it was a, well, a slogan introduced by Gorby calling for the infusion of democratic elements into the single party government of the Soviet Union, which right. uh, could that have been popular within the Soviet Union? Because this is decades and decades and decades of Cold War. Mm-hmm. But I guess like they wanted Gorby to succeed for a reason. So, mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean literally succeed. I don't mean like win. I mean like succeed. What's his name? Uh, Janenko. Right. Um, so very early on and very quickly, Gorby is introducing these, I, not necessarily Western elements per se, but like uh, elements of democracy from the West that up until this point, the Soviet Union had kind of been ignoring. Mm. Then also in January 1987, uh, the United States recognises the independence of Mongolia and starts establishing diplomatic relations with Mongolia. Reagan, in a televised address early 1987, takes full responsibility for the Iran-Contra affair, which um, the Contras, they were South American, weren't they? Um, right, right. Here's that NES game called Contra. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the Contras were a, a right-wing... <laughs> so weird. It's so political in the video games at the same time. They were a, they were a right-wing rebel group in Nicaragua. Right. Um, it's a political scandal. It sounds like the Iran-Contra affair sounds like like a, a skirmish, like a war, but it's actually a, a scandal uh, during Reagan's administration. Between 1981 and 1986, senior administration officials secretly facilitated the sale of arms to Iran which was the subject of an arms embargo. Now, this kind of links, if memory serves, and it might be a little bit hazy, to Gary DeVore, who lost his hands. Do you remember? Not lost his yeah, hands, but they, yeah, they yeah. found him in the car without any hands. Because right... I'm pretty sure he was writing a film about this. Yes. The Iran... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, wasn't there like, like the rumour is the screenplay was in the back or did we make that up? <laughs> uh, well, he had had a copy of it because he was writing the film or something, yeah. I think. Anyway, Reagan takes full responsibility for this, holds his hands up, goes, we take responsibility for this, which Soviet Union has just declared this, let's say just, but like two years when Gorbachev took over, this uh, 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 policy of glasnost. Yeah. That to have... The, a Western superpower kind of do the same thing and say, we did it. And especially mm. not long in real terms after Nixon, Reagan probably won a lot of points taking responsibility for it. Right, okay. Then Reagan does a speech in mid-1987, tear down this wall. Yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Very now, famous speech. It's really famous. Every like, I it's it's like words you can hear. Um, yeah. So, I'm interested in this. Maybe you can tell me. Was this just like good for him politically to say, and the wall was on the way to coming down anyway? Is this that kind of thing going on? So it was nineteen. Uh, it was June the twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. Um, yeah. When he called for. Uh, uh, Gorby to tear down this wall, yeah, because um, uh, it had been up since 1961, so that's 26 yeah. years by this point. It looked like shit, man. It was so grey. And at the time, the speech didn't get a lot of media coverage. Uh, it oh. only became widely known after the Berlin Wall came down. Eventually, two years later. Interesting. Uh, okay. So, and it's uh, often seen as obviously one of the most memorable performances of an American president mm. in Berlin. A close second after Kennedy's Ich bin ein Berliner. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, written by uh, Peter Robinson, who was the speechwriter for Reagan at the time. Okay. Uh, oh, he loved he loved his stuff about Berlin. And it, it, it drew controversy within the Reagan administration because they advised really they advised against using the phrase tear down this wall. Oh. Uh, Why? It obviously the Berlin Wall can't have been popular at the time. Oh, People yeah, exactly. loved the Berlin Wall. Exactly. It was very much like, you know, in the 96, you couldn't get away from the Spice Girls. And... Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, when you said, oh, was the wall on its way to coming down anyway? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. But when you think right. about how Gorby was very much a catalyst for a lot of things changing, mm. probably. Like, my, my instinct yeah. would be that, like... Reagan maybe couldn't have said it because mm. to imply that I think if he'd have said it, it's not why he why the wall came down is not because of Reagan's speech. So yeah, no, of course. Um, so no, but equally, I it probably didn't even he didn't even push the first brick or anything. <laughs> well, no, and and also like um, if it didn't get a lot of media coverage at the time, like mm. could it have had that much of an impact? Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually surprised. I figured this would be like, because it's so it's it's such a well known. So you actually quote, you can well uh, you can watch the whole speech. It's uh, 26 minutes long. Oh god, I can't be uh, fucked with that. Uh, but if you skip to uh, if you skip to 11 minutes and 10 seconds in, that's where the 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 tear down this wall. Tear section. down this wall. Begins, yeah. Uh, we welcome mm. change and openness, for we believe that freedom and security go together, that the advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. There is one sign the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable, that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalisation, come here to this gate. Mr Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ah, it's good. Also in... Um, 
uh, in June. Very eventful geopolitically, these, these six mean, years. I mean, this is because, insane. Okay. We talk about now being a crazy time. I'm going... Bleh. So... Uh, just over two weeks after the Ted Ennis Wall speech, there's the June struggle in South Korea, which um, are you uh, are you aware of that? It's sometimes no, called what the, the fuck it, is the June struggle? It's sometimes called the uh, the the June Democratic Uprising. It was a pro democracy movement in South Korea, and there is was this mass... when things really turned around in South Korea? Because now it's like a world leading economy. Yeah, so there were mass protests. Uh, from June the 10th to June the 29th in 1987. Mm-hmm. And the demonstrations forced the ruling government to hold elections, forced the government to hold elections and institute wow. democratic reforms, uh, which led to the establishment of the Sixth Republic, which is the present-day government of South Korea. Mm. So it, uh, short short answer is yes, Suze. This is where things started to turn around for South Korea. Because uh, I'm going on, uh, and Chris will be joining me, to, you, we're recording this on 30th of September. Tomorrow is the first round of the Enough is Enough marches, which are not affiliated to any particular party, um, because they can't be really, but they're like a pro-union, pro-workers movement, pro-strike movement. And tomorrow there, is, there are marches all over the country, and I'm going on the London one. Um, and uh, see you there, Chris. Um I honestly think that's where we're heading. Something like that. I hope something so. like a, a it's a movement. We're going to force an election. <laughs> something has. To, I mean, like um, the yeah, the energy, the crisis, the cost of living, and and um, and and even just the attitude to the 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 workers' strikes. Like things, things yeah. have got to change. Yes, I think we're at a tipping point. Yeah, which is an um, optimistic. POV because so many people just will happily go we're fucked we're fucked everything's fucked we're going to become Singapore on Thames I I don't (laughs) think so Singapore on Thames is a great name for a takeaway (laughs) would eat there (laughs) Um, so you've got uh, Reagan tear down this wall uh, the democratic uprising in South Korea, uh, July the fifteenth, my birthday, nineteen eighty-seven. Happy birthday, Chris! Thanks. I hope you had a great day. Uh, well, the Republic of China did. It ended thirty-eight years of martial law. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's he uh, then? No, I'm uh, November, He's a character in Tekken. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, I think the father of forest law. Yes. Correct. Uh, or the other and has it like an ongoing no, I think you're correct. Uh and has an ongoing like feud with Lei Wulong, if I Yeah. I actually really right. like that Tekken has got uh one of my favourite parts of Tekken three was the introductory video at the beginning of all of the different characters. Uh, yeah, it was so calling, fucking cool. And, and calling them for the tournament. Because Lei Wulong yes. is Lei Wulong is in the middle of a an action packed case. He's yeah. Detective, isn't he, <laughs> yeah, he's a part of the police. Yeah, um, so good. I've got Tekken Seven downstairs. Maybe I'm just going to stop. What the playing fuck, it. Chris? Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for Tekken Eight? No. It's going to blow your mind. I'll send it to you. Oh, Do you um, want to watch it right now? I'll send it in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, so China ends the years of martial law. Uh, November 1987, there's the um, Brasov Rebellion in Romania, which was a revolt against the economic policies of its leader in communist Romania. Right. And then it erupted on the day of the 1987 election. December 1987, the Interme- Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty is signed in Washington by Gorby and Reagan. Ooh, shit. Uh, so that was an arms control treaty between the US and the Soviet Union. They both signed it on the 8th of December 1987, and then the US Senate approved the treaty the following year. 
1988. Right. Okay. Uh, February 1988, there's a hostile rendezvous off the coast of Crimea when the Soviet frigate Bezovetny, Bezovetny, I don't know, rammed... You're doing very well with these. Rammed <laughs> the, the U- missile cruiser, the USS Yorktown. Oh, Ooh. We, named after the Battle of Yorktown. Uh, almost definitely, yeah. The American Revolutionary War battle. The world turned upside down. It's from Hamilton, that's why I knew what it was. Uh, which I still haven't seen. It's really uh, good. Uh, History comes alive. <laughs> just over a week after that, so there was a region in Azerbaijan, what is now Azerbaijan, uh, decides to be part of Armenia, but the Kremlin refuses to allow that. And then the first Nagorno-Karabakh war happened as a result, and it would be the first of the internal conflicts within the Soviet Union that would become the post-Soviet separatist conflicts. Okay. Uh, August that year, there's the 8888 uprising, or the 1988 uprising in Burma. That was uh, nationwide protests, riots. I mean, this is a very busy time for demonstrations, riots, uh, protests... Um, skirmishes, violence, uh, and it peaked in August. Then the Pakistani president, Mohammad Zia-ul-Haq, dies uh, in August 1988. The Iran-Iraq war finishes three days after that. September, the following month, uh, there's the Summer Olympics in South Korea, in Seoul. First time since 1976 that both the Soviet Union and the US participate. Okay. And it also, because of what was about to happen, it's the last ever Olympic Games for the Soviet Union and its satellite states. Oh, right. Okay, interesting. The that's, a weird, that's a weird thing, isn't it? To think about, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The following month in 1988, the Chilean, died, well, Pinochet, he's defeated in a nationwide referendum. And then December 1988, right. there's the Pan Am Flight 103 bombing, which was from... Frankfurt to Detroit. It had a stopover in London and then another in New York City. But uh, okay. you probably know it better as the Lockerbie bombing. Oh, right. Yes. I should have known what it was without uh, you telling no, me. I, no, 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 no. Like, oh, I, was, yeah. I was, I was, no, I was being, um, what's the word? Gunt. Uh, uh, na- na- <laughs> narr- narratively cunning, because I kind of wanted that reaction. Narratively cunning. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because you just hear the word Lockerbie and it's so evocative. Yeah, it's 100%. Well, that, that, that's what, that's, um, that's something I vaguely remember happening. Yeah. I've got a very, very vague memory of Lockerbie. Because um, it was all over the news, and if you have oh, parents yeah. who watch the news, you just, it's osmosis. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, then uh, the following month, January 1989, uh, the Japanese Emperor, emperor um, Hirohito dies, succeeded right. by his son. Two that weeks feels an- like something that happened in the 1600s, doesn't it? It's so yeah. weird. Uh, two day, uh, three days after that, George Bush Sr. becomes president. Uh, Off the back of Reagan... And that people, I think, sorry, I keep just talking about random American politics things. But in 84, Mondale ran as VP of Carter. And um, people at that point were like, 
fucking sick of Jimmy Carter's regime because they got them out wrongly in my opinion they'd wrong, they'd voted him out in 1980 so Mondale never stood a chance HW people were so tired of the uh, Reagan regime by 92 that Clinton won so easily I think yeah, it was yeah, dumb yeah. of them to put a VP a Reagan's VP in office yeah 100% glad they did but yeah yeah the following month the Soviet Afghan war ends right uh there's, I mean, there's still internal conflict there, but the Soviet troops aren't involved. Uh, mm. Then the uh, in June that year, the Iranian leader Ayatollah Khomeini dies. Then the day after that, June the 4th, 1989, in Beijing, there's the Tiananmen Square protests with that oh indelible image of the... Because I remember that happening all over the news as well. Again, so, not understanding yeah, it, being I a very little, yeah, very little child. Absolutely, it's just images. With his shopping in my, bags. In my head, for ages, I saw that guy get run over by the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, the, which I didn't see. But there's... Obviously, um, I, we, I think I think we could have done an episode on that man because for a mm-hmm. long time there was, like, doubt as to what man? happened. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I remember my parents saying, oh, no, he would have been taken away and mm, sh- mm-hmm. shot and stuff uh-huh uh the same day as <laughs> the Tiananmen Square protest what? in Beijing uh cup final <laughs> uh, uh there's the um there's the Polish trade union Solidarity's decisive victory in the first partially free parliamentary elections in post-war Poland that sparks off a succession of anti-communist revolutions of 1989 across central <sighs> southeast and eastern Europe oh. Uh, I mean, obviously, I agree with democratic elections, but it's funny, isn't it? They're like, hey, what about some socialist policies? Uh, I think we already defeated communism once. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, August yeah. 1989, South African president uh, Peter Willem Botha. Botha or Botha? I think Botha. Oh, it probably is. I um, think it is. Oh, I'm somewhat, some No, it's, we're, uh, we're, it's me introducing the element of doubt. Because I mis I mispronounced Chenenko earlier, so now I'm like, oh god, <laughs> um, oh Jesus. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, uh, South African President Botha he resigns in reaction to the implementation of the uh, tripartite accord, which granted independence to Namibia from South Africa, and it ended the direct involvement of foreign troops in the Angolan civil war. So he resigns in reaction to that. Uh, five days later, uh, still summer 1989. When I got my Ghostbusters figures. That's oh, so that's that, another big now. day. Yeah. I'd, I'd had day. Um, uh, Egon Spengler and uh, Peter Venkman for a while, but I didn't have Ray Stance or Winston Zedmore. So um, mm. in my head, so I had to use um, I had to use old 1970s action men for them. And okay. in my head, I created a story that a ghost had made them big. So because <laughs> the, they weren't the same size as the other two. But then that yeah. summer, that summer, I got. I got the uh, action figures for Winston Zemmour and Raymond Stance. And that felt amazing. Well, to me, it was the most important thing. In, on the, but now I'm learning so many other things was going on. There was so much time. shit yeah. going on. Yeah, you were pretty selfish. I was to obviously very yeah. clued up on all the current events. Um, <laughs> uh, so five days after Botha resigns, the opening of the border gate between Austria and Hungary at the Pan-European Picnic. Uh, that's, that's cute. Uh, it's got yeah. a cute name. It was a peace demonstration uh, yeah. on the border of Hungary and uh, Austria. The opening of that set in motion a chain reaction, at the end of which there was no longer a GDR and the Eastern Bloc had disintegrated. Oh. Uh, so the GDR, 
is uh, the fancy name for East Germany. Right. Which in German, I think they call the DDR. Uh, oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah, so when I was learning German, West Germany was BDR, the Bundesrepublik Deutschland. And then right. the uh, East, and, um, East Germany was called the DDR, but I can't remember what that stood for. Okay. Um, Deutsches Demokratisches Republic or something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, four days after that, uh, Alexander Yakovlev denounces the secret protocols of the Hitler-Stalin pact. Ah. Poland gets a new prime minister uh, the next day, forming the first non-communist government within the communist bloc, mm. which is obviously very uh, important. Yeah, there's another oh, word. Yeah. I was, there was another word I was looking for. Uh, Monumental. Um, yeah, it's momentous. Uh, uh, <laughs> momentous was exactly the word. Momentous. It's momentous. For fuck's sake. This is why we shouldn't record in the mornings. Um, <laughs> uh, my little sip of gin has helped me uh, <laughs> find I my words. I, I should, yeah, I should have. Should have had a big I, slurp of gin. Oh, getting up to a big, big bit. Uh, okay. You've got August the twenty-fourth. Tadeusz Mazowiecki. Mazowiecki. Wow, fuck's sake. New prime minister of Poland. Anyway. He right. forms the first non-communist government in the communist bloc. Huge. Mm-hmm. October the 23rd, 1989, communism ends in Hungary. Right. And then November the 9th, 1989, Berlin Wall comes down. So then uh, two weeks after that, the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia leaders resign during the Velvet Revolution. That sounds like a lovely revolution, doesn't it? Nice and Yeah. The Velvet Ooh, Revolution. Mm. So luxurious. Well, That's luxury communism. It's got another name, actually, which is the Gentle Revolution. And it was all it the was. Gentle was, it, Revolution. Yeah, so it was a non-violent transition of power in what was then Czechoslovakia. Right. Very civilised. I see. And so that basically ended one-party rule in mm-hmm. Czechoslovakia. December the 2nd, 1989, there's this, the Malta summit between Bush and Gorbachev, who said, I assured the President of the United States that I will never start a hot war against the USA. Oh. Promise, I promise. Promise I won't do it. I fuck. Oh my God, I promise. Why are you being such a dickhead about it? December uh, the 10th, 1989, the Czechoslovak president, uh, Husak, resigns and that amounts to the fall of the communist regime in Czechoslovakia, leaving mm. Romania as the only remaining hardline communist regime in the Warsaw Pact. That's really interesting because um, my first knowledge of Romania, and I'm sure you're the same, Chris, was Blue Peter's 1990 appeal, which seemed to go on the whole year, was those Romanian orphans. And oh, I yes. want, I've always wondered, why were the Romanian orphanages, like, why them out of all of Europe? Why did, you know, Eastern yeah. Europe have... So maybe it is sort of down to that. Maybe they're well, like a remnant of communism. Uh, kind of, because what happens next, December the 10th, is when the Czechoslovak president resigns, which means the communist regime there falls, which means only yep. Romania is the left, the, the only hardline communist regime left. Yeah. December the 25th, 1989, that year, uh, Nikolai uh, Cezescu, he was the communist politician and dictator. They execute him. Uh, he's the leader of Ooh. Romania. There's the Romanian revolution. On Christmas Day, 1989, they kill him. Oh, <laughs> to- <laughs> bloody hell. It's the Romanian Fucking, Revol- I'd rather I'd rather just had a card. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a nice thing to find in his in his stocking, was it? That's um, that's one of uh, one of probably put a real downer on only about... and horses that day. <laughs> the special really lost its gloss. <laughs> I remember for the last few Christmases, which are a year apart, remember, of her life, 
my gran would always at some point say, well, this might be my last Christmas. <laughs> and it would be... It would, and it, yeah, and then every year it gets less and less likely, even though it's more likely. Than... Yeah, but it's like it's like, like she lived into her 90s, so it was a long yeah. time she was doing that. But uh, <laughs> I remember it would, sometimes it would come over dinner, sometimes it would be during the Doctor Who Christmas special. Do you know what, it was <laughs> just sort of like... I just, I remember I remember sort of like there was one Christmas where she hadn't said it yet and I was waiting for it. Oh um, my god. Yeah, you're like, here it comes. So uh December the 29th, 1989, four days after uh they execute the Romanian leader, Havel assumes the presidency of Czechoslovakia at the end of the Velvet Revolution. So that's a peaceful very in contrast to Romania, the Czechoslovakian mm. one is very peaceful. Um, right, they're like they're not going to execute their leader at uh, Christmas. Ho uh, ho ho! <laughs> uh, December the, December the thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine, the secret police of Romania is dissolved. Two weeks after that, nineteen ninety, January thirteenth, the Stasi, which is obviously the secret police of East Germany, mm. that's dissolved. Oh, the end of the Stasi. The end of the Stasi. Yeah. Wow. Uh, about ten days uh, after that, week and a half. The League of Communists of Yugoslavia, which is the ruling party of the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, that's dissolved, ending right. the one-party system in Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. The secret police of Czechoslovakia is dissolved on your fifth birthday. February hey, 1st. happy birthday to me. It is I loved first it. Birthday, it was a great day. Yeah, first of yeah. Feb. Um, well remembered. Uh, February 1st, 1990, they dissolved the secret police of Czechoslovakia. And then, because this is, this, is, this is worth remembering... Gorbachev at this point was the general secretary or the secretary general of the whatever. He mm-hmm. is inaugurated as the first ever president of the Soviet Union because that title wasn't a thing. The first president of the Soviet Union, March the 15th, 1990. Uh, April 1990, the Socialist Republic of Slovenia within Yugoslavia holds its first multi-party elections. And then mm-hmm. in April and in May, uh, the Socialist Republic of Croatia within Yugoslavia holds its first multi-party elections. Mm-hmm. So democracy is kind of like spreading now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Violeta Chamorro, April 1990, uh, she is sworn in as president of Nicaragua, ending the, side of, uh, the, the Sandinista rule and the Contras insurgency. Mm-hmm. May 1990, south and north Yemen, they're unified. Uh, right. Uh, and then June the 8th, 1990... The message from Turnbury is issued. The message from Turnbury is described as the first official recognition of the end of the Cold War. Okay. So the message from Turnbury uh, was a message on the 8th of June 1990. It was sent by the North Atlantic Council meeting uh, near the ruins of Turnbury Castle in Scotland, addressed to the Soviet Union and all other European countries, effectively Mm -hmm. meaning the Warsaw Pact and neutral European nations offering friendship and cooperation to help build new yeah. peaceful order in Europe based on freedom, justice and democracy. Right. So basically, as we said, like the reason it wasn't seen as such a huge event was the Cold War had pretty much been over for a while. It's like when you've you've got some bits to pick up from an old flat. You've basically moved out, but you still got yeah. to pick up the bits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of also the end of a relationship is very final because it has mm. to be has to be. But yeah, like a, sometimes it isn't. <laughs> but like, but like a like a, I guess like a, a fling or casually dating, mm. you kind of just stop seeing each other without a conversation. It's not like a right. Gotcha, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh yeah, no, that's over. I used to date that person, yeah. but it never. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it's like that because yeah, 
the Cold War was so different from other wars in that peace didn't need to be declared as such. Right. They had the policy of detente. Gorby and Reagan, nominally in charge of powers that are at war with each other, but they very civilised have little get-togethers and they sign treaties and whatever. I don't... Mm. The Cold War is so different from a regular war that that's why it's hard to pin down when it started and I guess when it ended. Gotcha. So then uh, a month after that message from Turnberry, NATO holds its summit in London. July the 13th, 1990, the 28th Congress of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union announces the end of its monopoly of power. And then the Gulf War begins that year in August. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Helsinki summit between Bush and Gorbachev. And then September the 12th, 1990, the Treaty on the Final Settlement with respect to Germany is signed in Moscow. The following month, Germany is reunified. Mm. Hungary becomes the first Soviet bloc country to join the Council of Europe. Then the Socialist Republic of Macedonia within Yugoslavia holds its first multi-party elections. The Socialist Republic of Bosnia and Herzegovina within Yugoslavia, holds its first multi-party elections. And then the NATO and the Warsaw Pact sign the Treaty on Conventional Armed Forces in Europe. And then, you'll get a kick out of this, Suze. Margaret Thatcher falls from power as UK Prime Minister. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. Making way for centrist hero John Major. <laughs> <laughs> King of the centrists. Um, no, uh, sorry, Rory Stewart is. Uh, Margaret Thatcher falls from power. Uh, The Socialist Republic of Montenegro within Yugoslavia holds its first multi-party elections. The Socialist Republic of Serbia within Yugoslavia holds its first multi-party elections. Mm -hmm. And then December the 22nd, 1990, Walesa becomes the president of Poland and Polish government in exile comes to an end. Okay. Slovenia holds, uh, on Christmas Eve Eve 1990, Slovenia holds an independence referendum resulting in a majority of Slovenians voting in favour of Slovenia seeking independence from Yugoslavia. Oh. Transfers, this is, we're in 1991 now. Uh, mm-hmm. Money transfers from Czech Republic uh, budget to the Slovak Republic are stopped, beginning the process that would lead to velvet divorce. Velvet divorce. That sounds like um, sort of a, a 70s film that's got cult following. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it stars... Velvet um, divorce. It stars a woman who was at the beginning of her career, was massively exploited and then couldn't yeah. have the career that she deserved. Yes, and she's sort of got a cult following. It's like, oh, the best woman to never be nominated for an Oscar and here's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Velvet Divorce, she started in that in the 70s and then she had a, like a three-episode run on Dynasty in the 80s. Yeah, and she was so far above. Anyway. Sorry, where do we get to? Oh, yeah, not, 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 <laughs> not, not much longer. Uh, so uh, Gulf War ends not long after it started Okay. Uh, so it started in August 1990 it's over by February 1991 in March Estonia and Latvia hold an independence referendum with a majority voting to restore independence Georgia does the same thing Uh, the Republic of China abolishes the temporary provisions against communist rebellion which was in place during the civil war Mm. Croatia holds an independence referendum uh, and then there's the uh, the Eritrean War of Independence in Ethiopia, that ends. Uh, there's the Yugoslav Wars that start in Slovenia. And then Comic-Con is dissolved, which is the oh. Council for Mutual Economic uh, Assistance, not the San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the oh, Warsaw wow. Pact is dissolved. Uh, right. And then uh, July the 10th, 1991, Boris Yeltsin becomes president of Russia. July the 31st, 
uh, because at this point though, Russia would have just be part of the Soviet Union. So yes. Gorby is still president of the Soviet Union, and then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then there's the ratification of START One Treaty between the US and the Soviet Union. It was a bilateral mm-hmm. treaty between them both on the reduction and limitation of strategic offensive arms. And then there was the start of the Soviet Union coup, coup d'etat. That lasted two days. Uh, and then Gorbachev, right. August 24th, resigns from the post of General Secretary of the Communist Party. Uh, the Soviet Union recognises the independence of the Baltic states. Macedonia holds an independence referendum. Armenia holds an independence referendum. Turkmenistan holds an independence referendum. It's just falling like dominoes now. The mm. Communist Party of the Soviet Union and the KGB are dissolved on November the 6th, 1991. NATO holds its summit the next day. Uh, and then the following month in December, the Belavezhia Accords, they're signed by leaders of the Soviet Federal Soviet uh, Socialist Republic, the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic and the Belarusian Soviet Socialist Republic. And that seals the dissolution of the Soviet Union. I see. Christmas Day, 1991, Gorby resigns as president of the Soviet Union and the post is abolished. The red Soviet flag is lowered from the Moscow Kremlin and in its place, the flag of the Russian Federation is raised. And Boxing Day, 1991, the Supreme Soviet dissolves the Soviet Union. And because the Soviet Union dissolves on that day, they count that day as the end of the Cold War. Right. Okay. God, so, it's yeah. It's so actually this, more momentous than I realized. Yeah. 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 I, this thing with it, it's like what a moment that must have been for, where like Gorbachev is now resigning from a a, a country that doesn't exist anymore. And um, when you think about all of those people that lived to see the entirety of the Cold War play out. What a happy Christmas that must have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, this season has been a long one, we know that, but mm. we started with Rasputin and then the fall of the Romanovs. So this we've charted almost the, the we're life only of the Soviet Union. We're like 73, 75 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Rasputin was... People who were around for Rasputin would have seen the end of the cold war well they would have seen they they would have seen the uh the overthrow of the royal family they would have seen the the all the, of it the soviet union they would have seen russia carved up into the soviet mm. union people who were sort of teenagers yeah. could have seen it. they were like oh, i remember rasputin and then they're like bye gorby bye ussr <laughs> hello clinton wow. yeah yeah i love this bill clinton guy <laughs> I can't believe they are actual dinosaurs on the cinema screen. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So the Soviet Union got to see and enjoy twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the end of the Soviet Union. So geopolitics yeah. is going to be very different going forward. This mm. is why. And I'll let you in on a secret. And I'll let the listeners in on the secret as well. Yeah. I'd planned the uh, this season up until this point. 
Ah. I As I'm saying these words and recording this episode, I do not know what the next episode is going to be. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. Okay. When I say I don't know what the next episode is going to be, I, it's true. I know, I know what like some of the future ones are going to be before the end of this season, but I don't know what mm. the next one is for definite. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many left. For those of you that are like willing us to end this season because it's lasted <laughs> too long. Have like, people been <laughs> complaining? I don't, no, no one's complained. Uh, not uh, out with the, the, No, no, no. There was. Um, we did have one person that asked us to take a break for regular mysteries, uh, and oh, then to right. go back to well. go back and carry on. And I was like, I, I didn't want to do that. I feel like we'd committed. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I share the sentiment. It will be nice to get back to regular yeah. mysteries. Imagine but, when we got yeah. this done. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I like the idea that we've kind of bit enough more than we can chew, but we're doggedly <laughs> going to carry on. I'm excited for the rest of the series. There are some people that have uh, that have said that they're actually learning things from this season. <laughs> I fucking am. And they quite quite enjoy. It. Well, actually, yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. I think it's when think, you hear it yeah. all like that. That's the, that everything we just did. That's the space of six years, and a lot that of it sets us up for the rest of the series. And a lot of it, it really, uh, it really all happened in the in the last two. So like, mm. it actually gets. It starts off with uh, Gorby uh, assuming command, uh, Reagan getting his second term, and then it kind of like, and then all of a sudden, everything just starts uh, happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So yeah, the the Soviet Union is dead. Uh, and now, and I wonder what's going to happen to 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 Russia. You know, what's um... well? I wonder if we hear from those guys again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to go back to what I said about how, oh, what are we? Uh, uh, I don't know what the next episode is going to be, but I know what subsequent ones are. I, I know what the last episode is going to be. Yeah, I've got a I've got a good feeling Pretty about where that's idea. going. Yeah. Yes. Which I think by the time happened, we get to it, which happened when we'd already started this season, so we're actually kind of like. Oh my god! Yeah, we're yeah, like we would, it's we like gonna, that. Um, it's like the crown. Yeah, we were <laughs> going to be able to cover shit. We were going to chart geopolitics, war, and espionage, and then obviously world events kicked off at the same like while we were already doing that. So mm. thanks, Putin. Yeah, cheers, mate. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Masood will be back next week. We're going to have a chat with him and make sure things are yeah. okay. You know, make sure he still wants to be part of the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Mystery on the Rocks, spelled with an X. Same on Instagram, Mystery on the Rocks. Oh, Masood has left the Mystery on the Rocks WhatsApp group. <laughs> the WhatsApp group, he's gone. It was a good three years, three and a half years. Um, so there's... Those things you can follow us on. If you'd like bonus content, there's sh- fucking shitloads, mate. Some of it is so good. All of it, in um, fact. Uh, we, uh, we, yeah, we, uh, when we took a break from this podcast, unfortunately, we also had to take a break from Patreon. It was enforced, but um, Patreon's going to start kicking back into gear now. Yeah, it was with bonus, you've got bonus episodes where we talk about all kinds of things. Um, recipes for our cocktails. You've got little, just random things. So you'll be like, oh, that. And if you join at the top tier, you get merch like a T-shirt, a hoodie, a fucking poster and a mug. Lucky old you. And there'll be more merch coming up. So that's Mystery on the Rocks, CKS, on Patreon. Just look us up. You know where to find us. You can email us, Mystery on the Rocks, CKS, at gmail.com we love to hear from you and like subscribe and review our show on itunes it really helps us get more listeners and we love that thanks everyone uh, see, see you next week yeah <gasps> bye, bye. bye. Mr.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.